This is episode 155 of the A News podcast, covering anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on Anarchist News. It's designed to be useful to anarchists and the anarcho curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite non sectarian anarchist site, anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? Let's march for life. Insurrection is life from anarchists worldwide. A fire-breathing call to action in March sparked by International Women's Day and, they hope, exceeding those boundaries. Quote, We fight for the destruction of everything that exists. Our lives are at stake. The right to live our lives and make our own decisions about our bodies is not to be begged for, it is to be taken. That's why we don't seek dialogue. We don't want reforms. We don't promote laws, nor do we demand rights. We promote the combative struggle against power. We promote the combative struggle against power in all its dimensions. We fight against all authority. That's why our anarchic battle cry is no God, no state, no master, no husband. We also join the call from the collective of Las Brujas calling for a strike throughout the entire territory of so-called Mexico. But as the Fenomenicas Brujas and insurrectionists say, one day is not enough for all of our rage. That's why we support the proposal for a hot march, extending the street struggle and the stoppage of work for the entire month, unquote. I remember back in the day, I think it was uh, U.S. troop movements in Central America, a friend of mine remarking on how much activity there had been in the streets said to the room at large, every time I look at the calendar, it says March, so I do. Wordplay has its place, I guess. Social Contagion, Microbiological Class War in China from commonsitu.wordpress.com. This is a thoughtful piece on the political, economic, and environmental factors involved in plagues, etc. Quote, In this sense, the outbreak presents two opportunities for reflection. First, it is an instructive opening in which we might review substantial questions about how capitalist production relates to the non-human world at a more fundamental level. How, in short, the natural world, including its microbiological substrata, cannot be understood without reference to how society organizes production, because the two are not, in fact, separate. At the same time, this is a reminder that the only communism worth the name is one that includes the potential of a, fully of a fully politicized naturalism. Second, we can also use this moment of isolation for our own sort of reflection on the present state of Chinese society. Some things only become clear when everything grinds to an unexpected halt, and a slowdown of this sort cannot help but make previously obscured tensions visible. Below, then, we'll explore both these questions, showing not only how capitalist accumulation produces such plagues, but also how the moment of pandemic is itself a contradictory instance of political crisis, making visible to people the unseen potentials and dependencies of the world around them, while also offering yet another excuse for the extension of systems of control even further into everyday life, unquote. Section headings are the production of plagues, gilded age, there is no wilderness, containment as an exercise in statecraft, incapacity in the surreal war. This article got a thumbs up from the psycho commie who is haunting A News, so you know there's that. The best commie writing is provocative for us without trying to pretend that they are us. I think this piece deserved more commentary for sure. The email that resulted in getting Eric attacked at FCI Florence. From support Eric King. Eric wrote his partner an email supporting a prisoner who hit a guard, which led to Eric being isolated and attacked by a different guard. There is a fundraiser linked in the post for legal fees and associated costs. Eric also let us know that he has recently received his glasses and got a lot of the mail that was being withheld from him. So if you've written and not gotten something back, it might be on its way now. 
write an anarchist prisoner today, right now. From Crime Think. This thread has been a shit show this week with vague accusations of Crime Think being rich, call them many things, but rich as some rando shit singing, on the level of an uninformed cop trying to find something to stick. Also, someone sounding very much like a resentful, bitter, and dogmatic activist with no one to talk to apparently had nothing better to do with their time, and people wanted to respond to them with a vigorous but fairly empty renunciations. The actual submission by Crime Think is two translations of pieces about Chile. The first entitled for a subversive, anarcho-feminist, queer month of March, and the second, more than two months of revolt against the Chilean state. First impressions, instinctive predictions, and non-negotiables. As always, Crime Think goes for the authoritative tone, which would be one thing if there were more voices and perspectives, but in today's dearth of anarchist forums, it gets more and more creepy. Yes, creepy is a sloppy word, but it covers a multitude of ills, and so must perforce be vague. But Crime Think didn't get where they are by being humble or decentralized. Not their fault that others haven't stood the test of time, I guess. Why nihilism? A response to John Zerzan's Why Hope? Critique of the Nihilist Tendency in Anarchism. From Anon, apparently original content by Flowerbomb. I'm going to mostly ignore the actual text here by Flowerbomb, sprinkled so liberally with exclamation points as well as confusing accusations of Zerzan having an operational sense of humor. Instead, here I consider the question of writing. Recently, I was reminded of my own belief that writing is a terrible, terrible thing. I could argue and have that writing is a huge step in the massification that we all suffer from today. The idea that anything can and should be said in the same way to two different people, much less people across space, time, etc., is inherently flattening and homogenizing, resting on a foundation of assumptions of a basic human nature, with implications that reach everywhere in our lives. I'm also reminded of a news item that Twitter is introducing the automatically removed tweet function in which tweets will only last 24 hours or something, and then disappear forever. Can we imagine a world in which we are eventually sold our own capacity to talk to each other one-to-one, face-to-face, with the spontaneous, specific, personal, layered communication that we used to rely upon, coming full circle to what we were born to mere decades ago? No? Just me, then. Anyway, this is a good-faith response to Zerzan's bad-faith accusation-slash-misunderstanding-slash-hostility towards people who escape his umbrella-slash-prison-slash-primitivism. That said, Flowerbaum might be well-served to read more and to have higher aspirations for his own writing. Journal entries can only go so far. Repression Collective Statement regarding the article of four went into the forest and only two went out. From Manon. Touched on last week, this is another installment slash perspective on the terrible things that happen when people are tortured and or afraid of being tortured, and perhaps more so by state forces. From far away, this continues to be most helpful as an indication of what to prepare for when doing actions or after having done actions. We can never really know how we ourselves, much less others, will respond to interrogation, deprivation, torture, and terror. Practicing the skills that we will need in various scenarios is the best we can do, and having some idea of what to expect is the best first step to that. In the category of taking an interesting idea too far, I have had ridiculous thoughts of a project that kidnaps participants from their homes before they are fully awake by people who they don't know wearing uniforms, and then subjecting them to even only a few of the many tactics that we can learn about just from watching some network TV shows. But obviously, torturing in preparation for torture might not be the best plan. Your mileage may vary. 
Again, it's too bad that topics raised by this story, if not the specifics of the network case itself, weren't discussed in the comments for this post. Against Individualism, The Individual Is Not So by Ausonia Calabrese. From a non, apparently original content. A commenter accuses this piece of being Marxist, and maybe it is, in implication if not explicitly, but they don't explain what they're talking about, which makes a thoughtful reader sad. This piece makes the argument that we are none of us actually units, that we have multitudes within us, though it does so using the selfish gene by Dawkins as illustration, which certainly weakens the argument for this Dawkins hater. Quote, such reliance on so-called individuals, even when applied as a mere conceptual framework, reveals itself as untenable and reductionist for any practical or useful analysis. The operation of masses, collectives, and aggregates is complex, more complex than the sum of its parts. Aggregates of individuals can exhibit behavior that cannot simply be reduced to its elements. Such behavior is referred to as emergent and appears commonly in nature. Other such models become necessary. Further, such an atomized conception of the individual fails to capture those sometimes contradictory interests within persons, hopes, desires, ideologies, drives, that constitute divisions and that have actual consequences in the material world." Unquote. That's the section that I consider to be meaningful and relevant, and I do not disagree with it, either as a statement in itself and as some level of refutation of egoism, not necessarily Appio's egoism, but certainly as most self-proclaimed egoists use it. Discuss. Michael Kimball transferred, asking for additional legal support from its going down. There is a donation link in the post, as well as the updated address for all of you who will be writing to him. There's also a brief explanation by him of his case and situation in prison. He is certainly, like Sean Swain, an amazing example of being active while inside, rejecting the depression and the walls themselves to make things happen both outside and in. Quote, In late 2000, I was charged with possession of explosives at Limestone Prison, but charges were subsequently dropped. In September of 2001, I was charged with assault on a number of guards and sentenced to another three years. Most recently, on December 2nd, 2019, I was thrown in a lockup for coming to the aid of another prisoner who was being assaulted by a guard. But due to all of your outside support and calling and demanding that I be released from lockup, I'm now back in general population. Since my original arrest, I have been beaten, harassed, and denied parole, but I continue to hold my head up and maintain good spirit and resolve and remain dedicated to fighting for a world free of domination and oppression in all of its manifestations, unquote. Funds will go to his appeal for sentence reduction to get him out immediately. Incendiary attack against Mercedes in solidarity with Rojava. From Anarchists Worldwide, a communique, quote, during the night of March 4th, several luxury cars were torched in the Mercedes garage in Zurich, Erlikon. Because Mercedes is a supplier of the Turkish Armed Forces, which is attacking Rojava in a war of occupation. Companies that directly, logistically, and indirectly financially support this fascist war should not be surprised if their products catch fire all over the world. Unquote. Nuff said. Tearing down power is our lifelong conspiracy from Anarchists Worldwide. Seems like a poster was pasted in France in solidarity with the Hamburg anarchists on trial for actions of July 2019. Quote, We are enraged because the state is built and maintained upon the blood and mutilation of war, on the massacres of the insurgents, the crushing of our interior, the devastation of the planet. Enraged because power is built on passivity, numbness, and acceptance. On the reproduction of relations of domination, cannibalism, and hypocrisy reign when relations are based on coercion. And desirous, for in our eyes burns the image of a free life for all. And then follow the conspiracy against the state, the action against authority, the oath of sedition. 
swear freedom, seal the pact of complicity, unquote. Action for the Week of Solidarity with Russian anarchist and anti-fascist prisoners from anarchists worldwide. Another communique. Quote, Twice this week, those living and working at the Russian Ethnic Representative Council of Victoria in Australia awoke to find their building covered in posters and paint. Nothing particularly unusual for inner city walls in Melbourne, but these were not the usual tags or gig advertisements they were usually faced with and which are often not removed for months at a time. Instead, they were in support of those imprisoned and newly sentenced in the so-called network conspiracy case in Russia. These actions were our contribution to the International Week of Solidarity with our Antifa brothers who have been sentenced to up to 18 years in prison for not much more than playing paintball, and this after they were all full-on tortured. Over two nights, we firstly graffitied the walls with slogans, X vegan X, fuck the FSB culture of torture, and death to Putin, Then the second night, we pasted up two dozen different posters, including one each of the ten brothers with their names, photos, details of their torture, info about their jail sentences, or if still on trial, and the slogan, Torture Putin's State Apparatuses Not Anti-Fascists Slash Anarchists, plus a couple others in Russian, against the FSB and Putin. On both occasions, our efforts were removed early the next day, which, as we already said, is pretty bloody unusual. Got something to hide? It certainly seems that way. Unquote. While I lived with a vegan strategist for years and do not hold with the shit-talking, there is something funny about spray-painting ex-vegan X as part of this action. I am just saying. Report back on pipeline sabotage behind enemy lines from North Shore. A communique on some pipeline destruction. Quote, Act spontaneously, but do your homework. We broke our drill bit while eating through the steel pipe. These companies publish comprehensive engineering reports, which can be found on their own websites. Study these and use proper materials. It is worth noting the existence of perimeter monitoring technology. There was a thick black cable lining the top of the fence perimeter around the material storage site. It is also possible for these sensor cables to be under topsoil. This perimeter sensor may have tipped off the guard, or maybe he found us by the noise we made, or by chance, but the response was immediate and impotent, unquote. Sweet. How-to reportbacks are my favorite kind. Audio and video. Soulcast. Solidarity begins at home. An hour and 40 minutes from Soulcast, Soul conducts an interview with, quote, Carla and Zach Bergman to talk about rethinking the relationship between youth and adults. Perhaps it's because I'm feeling under the weather or just that my mask of detachment is slipping, but I was mostly very pleased with this episode. The ideas around unschooling, youth liberation, and fundamentally changing relationships between adults and children seem to be some of the most under-discussed in at least anarchist media. To extend some criticism to the show, although the interviewees do acknowledge that the ability to experiment with unschooling is often limited by all the bad things, class, race, etc., what they don't really talk about is how those things might be shaping their own version of unschooling more generally. But the world is big enough to have a few versions, I guess. A Radio Brazil 2020, a conversation about Brazil and exile parts 1 and 2. 54 minutes in an hour and 55 minutes respectively from Anon. Interview with, quote, N, a 19-year-old transsexual who left Brazil as fast as possible because of violence and discrimination against trans people, and V, a longtime militant and organized anarchist, unquote. Because of the length, I was unfortunately only able to hear portions of each episode, but here we are. As advertised, this is a conversation with two Brazilian exiles living in Portugal, topics ranging from their reasons for leaving, the state of Brazilian anarchism, and current Brazilian politics. It's always nice to hear that the U.S. isn't the only place where all the anarchists hate each other. (laughs) 
As far as the politics of these episodes go, there's a lot of discussion around Bolsonaro, the right generally, and the machinations of evangelicals, but only an eight-minute segment on Brazilian anarchism, which made me sad. Sigh. Oh, well. Hashtag shutdown Canada from Oka to today. 58 minutes from From Embers. This is an interview with well-known indigenous anarchist Gord Hill concerning indigenous resistance past and present, largely in the context of the 1990 Oka crisis and the current railway blockades. Gord walks a fine line between lamenting the lack of current armed struggle and commending the current, quote, movements, unquote, tactic of shutting down vital logistics in a way that I found quite respectful. Overall, Native Indigenous issues, looked at from the outside in, will always be something of a black box for me. Having a land base, working in ways that seem compromised, having goals that don't look the same as your average anarchists, all of these things come together in an already extremely contested battlefield of politics and identity. Add into that mix the larger number of blockades going on in Canada, and I'm always left knowing that I should know more. FRR Books Podcast on the Advantage and Disadvantage of History for Life by Friedrich Nietzsche. An hour and 29 minutes from Free Radical Radio. This is a discussion between five people about the titular Nietzsche piece, apparently in response to an episode of the podcast Weird Studies. Listening to this, I'm reminded of why Weird Studies enrages me so. Being a passive spectator, to group conversations on topics you might find interesting is already kind of tiresome, and particularly so when the conversation centers around a series of semi-self-congratulatory takes that you very much disagree with or find irrelevant to the conversation you would like to have. But this is the price to pay for spectatorship, I guess, and so the problem is really with me. Topic of the week. How pan is your pan secessionism? A while ago, I, we, made a topic of the week discussing differences among anarchists. This topic is about how you engage with not anarchist people and ideas, stemming from the recent debate about Bellamy's new project, Liberty and Logos, in which he's engaging with someone who's a self-identified reactionary and someone who apparently has some unpleasant yet unsurprising interests, according to some recently deleted tweets. The concept of anarchy that Bellamy is working with here is one where there's no big happy ending where everyone agrees with us, never mind us agreeing with each other, an idea that most readers on this site can probably get behind. Most people, even people we love and care for, don't agree with us. And relationships with people who aren't anarchists are inevitable in this world. The more complicated question is, where do we go from there? Agree with his approach or not, this is what Bellamy is attempting. My question for you is, what is your next step from that premise? What does it mean to look for allies in a world that's generally hostile to us? How wide do you draw your circle? Where and how do you draw the line? And what does that engagement mean? So we have a very special topic of the week this week because we have a little little crew of friends here. Rotten, jaded, and no one is sitting down with me to have this discussion. So I've been going long, people. This one might be long, too. Uh, So I read, and anybody can jump in, and you can ignore the question and just talk (laughs) if you want. It would probably be easier to ignore the question since none of us have been following the controversies. Yeah, it's true. uh, It's true. None of us have paid any attention to this Twitter bell. Yeah, I I can't speak to 
you know, the current controversy that Bellamy finds himself embroiled in. I don't know the details of his, his current internet plight, but I None will say do. this. In a way, I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. I've got Bellamy's back. Well, what? A, but I have heard Bellamy talk about this idea that the best that we can hope for is a a situation of existence where parties who would be hostile to one another just decide to like leave each other alone. taunt and leave each other the hell yeah. alone. Yeah. Which I have always appreciated because one of the things that was always confusing to me when anarchists talked about air quotes, organizing the masses, I am from Ohio, which is mostly in the cities liberal, mostly in the rural areas conservative, and has been a swing state for years and years and years. And all I ever think about is, my grandparents live on a nine-acre nine farm outside of a small college town that basically exists to support the farming community, or it did, it's less so now. And I think about my grandfather's neighbors and if all of a sudden, on the next farm, 20 acres over, a bunch of anarchists move in and take, took over, they would be terrified. They would be horrified. It would be like, they would not be our friends. They would not be our allies. They would not want to support us. There is no, like, because they have very specific ideas and specific values, and we would be living counter to all of those values, and that would not be okay. So the best you could hope for is that they're not going to show up in our driveway with shotguns. Mm-hmm. So the idea that the average person next door deep down is actually our friend and we just have to make them understand that, our, that they're our friend was always, well, absurd and confusing to me. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that this idea of Bellamy's, I wasn't surprised, but it just reminded me that Bellamy is saying this idea in cr- rooms of crowded people and people are deeply offended at the notion. And I just, yeah. Well, I think they because it probably, seems obvious to me. When the, and yeah. people seem to still believe that we can all work this out. Yeah. And it's obvious, I think, to everyone at this circle that we can't just work things out. That it's actually shouldn't even be. A, well, isn't a desire for me as an anarchist to work things out with anyone other than those I have direct relationships with. Um, so, I'm not familiar with this pan pan secessionism, pan secessionism as a concept. Uh, yeah, I, we all literally just looked it up to make sure that we knew at least what the hell we were going to talk about. And apparently some about. more uh, right-leaning anarchist invented the term. And Bellamy, yeah, which I didn't Bellamy's know, catching, but kind of makes catching sense. catching shit for sure. even commenting on the topic. Right. But it, if pan-secessionism is radical decentralization to the point of something similar to Bolo Bolo, for instance. Right. Uh, if people are have a problem with people using a concept that someone who they fundamentally disagree with also use, and the concept is leave each other alone to do their own thing, I don't see where the problem is. I, exactly. With that. I have a problem with people who would have a problem with using a concept because someone else they despise uses the same concept of leave me alone. Sure. <laughs> right. So, so none of us here are going to claim pan-secessionism no. as a thing because we're not entirely sure we know what it means. And the loaded we, nature and, of and, it. And clearly there's lots of, there's lots of loaded things involved in it that we also don't under, understand. But again, if you want to talk about what I hear in it, which could be just be me hearing what I want to hear, <laughs> is radical decentralization mm-hmm. in a world that looks something like Bolo Bolo. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Although I don't know what the I'll take that. exact numbers are. or yeah. And it's going to look different for different people. Uh, it's going to look different for different people sure. based on where they are, mm-hmm. the the landscape, what, how they could survive in those areas, what 
negotiations they're willing to make sure. or not willing to Absolutely. make um, with, with reference to where they, the space they inhabit. Sure. Um, again, coming back to the idea of there is no answer. There's, right. no, there's only ways to figure out how to navigate through this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, Ariel, in the sense that I don't, uh, I definitely don't make the mistake of assuming that your average human who I share the planet with is somehow my potential friend and ally. I assume the majority of them aren't. I also assume the majority of them are pretty stupid. So <laughs> my, my secessionism is a, a solitary secession from the dominant culture. It's also, I'm attempting to secede from my own species. It's the, <laughs> the secession of the hermit. Um, and I don't see how that harms anyone. <laughs> but I, I actually think like, you know, smaller groupings based on voluntary association, um, individual and collective preference or, uh, yeah, compatibility in, in preferences and how they want to approach life. And, you know, I think of this uh, concept that was uh, put forth in the late 1840s, right around the like genesis of anarchism proper. A lot of radical ideas were coming out of France, and there were all these like competing utopian thinkers who had their own vision of what the ideal society would look like. So one of Proudhon's contemporaries, I forget this guy's name, Emile something, he floated this concept called panarchy, mm. which basically would have been based on like mutual tolerance. So authoritarian mm -hmm. people could separate and create authoritarian cultures. Um, people who were into monarchy could separate, be granted a certain amount of territory, and they could have a have monarchistic mm -hmm. society. Um, anarchists and libertarians, libertines could do the same thing. And it, it was almost like a free market in social organization. Sure. Um, but in order for it to work, it would be based on a lot of like mutual tolerance. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I always found that an interesting thought experiment. And there are still people who are advocates of this panarchy strategy today. Well, and, uh, yeah. and not to get into this left-right dichotomy, but both, both sides of those extremes tend to be more busybody in nature. Yeah, yeah. And not as accepting of they, – they, they figured out the right way that we should be doing things, whether that's right. Noam Chomsky and his perfect society, um, you know, humanistic kind of leanings or – uh, whatever it might be. Right. Uh, once politics is involved, that's where people start getting into each other's business. And unless people focus on relationships they have with each other and deepening those, and that's going to change over time. You know, the bolo, I'm not sure. It's been a while since I read Bolo Bolo, but it seems like that concept is one way to express it. Um, I'm not sure how static or fluid bolos would be in how they're described in, in Bolo Bolo, but that's another part of the fluidity of it. Like we're going to, we change through time, you know? Well, in Bolo Bolo, it is, it is very much here, very much all about, like they are as static or as fluid yeah. as they need as to they be need or to, decide or, to, or be to be based yeah. on, based on the kind of society that they want to be. Mm -hmm. And, and the way that you deal with an aberrant or deviant part of the Bolo that you live in mm -hmm. is separation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the people involved get to decide how that plays out or what that looks like. So where this takes me to, and I'm going to, I try to always come back and honor the question. Uh, 
So we're not talking about anarchists uh-huh. or radicals yeah. or anti-statists of different stripes uh-huh. trying to figure out how to live together, right? We're talking about the the us and the them, we'll say, for a crass way to talk about it. And so what does it mean to know that you have to negotiate with people who are hostile to you um, or who are so, like, their, what's important to them, their values, their identities mean so much to them that, that they absolutely um, want to put as much distance in between you and them. And so what the question asks, which I'm not sure I'm going to entirely embrace is— Well, let me just say distance is fine. If, sure. If it, if the distance gets shortened, shortened, and their self-righteous uh, ideas uh, infringe on on the autonomy, then they become our enemy. And so, and I think about the urban versus the rural discussion. Where, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're we're in a in a urban environment right now. So obviously, there needs to be more negotiations. If there were not this centralized municipality. And the other government agencies keeping order within it. The more rural you get, the less there is of that. The more there is a need for people to negotiate with each other and figure out how much space they need to do their thing. Sure. And so, like in a space like this, uh, the, the the rural, the urban area uh, landscape, I don't see how that would work. I mean, it's gonna. <laughs> I, I really have a hard time wrapping my head around that. <clears throat> I mean, there's in a place no, of no, no, no I, space. I, the, I had this discussion with Aragorn once when we we talked about Bolo Bolo on. I don't even remember now, um, and like it was it was clear like like in particular if you look around us in Berkeley, yeah. Um, until you start like clearing down lots of houses and tearing up sidewalks and concrete and 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 asphalt, you can't you can't have that discussion because it's yeah. just simply not. There's not enough room. There's not enough room to even begin to think about producing what you need in in, in this kind of environment. So or, it's, that's absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, and yeah, there, there was even a, a more uh, focused, detailed analysis of that uh, that was Berkeley centric that appeared in Black Seed, mm-hmm. and right. some actual math was done in number right. crunching, and <laughs> this is, this the numbers correct. were completely unconvincing. I mean, it was basically a hopeless scenario. It was like was being put on display and due to overpopulation. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, yeah. The yeah. density of people right, the density of beyond people. the houses and, and ability to sustain on this land, which is questionable to begin with, the density of people is, impo- in my right. mind, yeah. impossible to, to figure this out. No, Berkeley wouldn't have a chance. Okay, so I'm going I'm to go back to the question. So what the questioner poses is, what does it mean to look for allies in a world that's generally hostile to us? How wide do you draw your circle and where and how do you draw the line and what does that engagement mean? And I'm assuming the line is the line that you won't cross mm-hmm. in for negotiation, but mm-hmm. I don't think that that's entirely clear. So I think that before you get there, it brings up the question about um, how important are allies in this context? I mean, it depends on what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to create. It just, you know, using the bolo model, what kind of bolo are you trying to create? How many people would that involve? And are the necessary amount of people available who share those no, passions? No, but, you, but you're talking about from a position of Bo- we all agree that we want to be in a bolo together. And the question to is talking about 
the, the people in the other bolos. We all have not consciously yeah. agreed to the bolo model. Mm -hmm. We just know that we do not want to live our lives the way you crazy weirdo anarchists want to mm -hmm. live your lives. Mm -hmm. So is what does... Get as far away the from assumption that is that an, that an alliance somewhere in there is necessary so that we can all live and let live. Mm -hmm. And what does it look like to build those alliances basically is what the question is asking. I, I, you know, I don't think you can have alliances with everybody. I think, I think it's for for myself. I don't, I don't trust most humans. Yeah. Um, right. See, for me, it's easier when I think of like who are my potential allies. It's easier for me to make begin with a list of people who will never be my allies. People I just categorically don't trust. Right. Um, Is that not everybody? <laughs> most, <laughs> most basically. Yeah. So the when, and I, I I let the phrasing of the question is humorous to me. Um, what does it mean to look for allies in a world that's generally hostile to us? Um, because I move through the world with the assumption that everyone is hostile to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. until um, proven for, otherwise. For a very numbers, right? Until you prove otherwise, yeah, and even then with suspicion. Right. Right. But I mean, you know, does that mean that like I have my knife in my hand and I'm ready to shank you at any moment? Sadly, no. But does it mean that that I assume that you have absolutely no interest in? Anything other than your own best interest? Yes. Yeah. Every single person in the world. Yeah. Um, so I guess it doesn't feel like it would be that different for me. <laughs> because every single what person I, like, if, if I lived in this world where these hard lines were drawn and these negotiations have to ha had to happen, that's not any different. Because at the moment, the way that I perceive the world Every single time I engage with a person is a negotiation with a potentially hostile actor. With, like, you know, it, am I going to have a conversation with you? It, it, and then it, am I going to have coffee with you? And then am I going to consider that maybe you're someone who might be my friend? And and the and the whole time isn't, well, you might actually be able to be my friend. At some point, I pass the line where I'm like, okay, well, maybe you won't kill me in my sleep. And of course, I'm being dramatic, but so it doesn't. It just doesn't feel that different. And I guess. I would want to talk to someone who wants to make the argument that that oh, that those allies are important because I'm not convinced that they are. Well, I mean, maybe you need to have enough of a meeting of the mind so that we can agree on the terms of the detente. Yeah. Well, and enough time and space is, is what I would say is like, yes, you know, where I live, enough time goes by. I develop long term relationships. I know where the Venn diagram is with those that are around me. I know who I can trust for what. Over time, this develops. I think I initially go into it with suspicion of the whole situation. Sure. And learn from the experiences. And I know who around me I can trust for certain things. I know mm -hmm. who could turn at any moment. I know who would never not have my back. I know who has my back for life. And it's a small group of people. Also, I mean, most people around this table are on at least the second half of their life. So. Yeah. Not as idealistic, more jaded, more suspicious, which I think is a healthy way to move at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all the youngins Feels out there. Necessary, <laughs> even if it's not healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, kids. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. You look thoughtful over there. Oh, I, I just, I, I guess I don't like, you know, suffer from like a, a sense of like ally deprivation <laughs> or ally deficiency in my life. It's not like something sure. I'm like craving and dreaming about. Like, right. If only I could find 
how I was going to accomplish this in my life. I feel blessed because I... I'm crossing I, people I off my friend that. list. Right. <laughs> You're I, amazed that yeah. there are any on it at all, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that, you know, I formed those relationships and I've got, right. I've got my passing crew. It was years in the making. Mm-hmm. And it, Absolutely. It's the result of you know, I've just been around a while. And, and right, getting and, to know and, each and, other and, deeper and deeper. Right. And this, and this, and this is a thing that, that, you know, in, in Little Black Heart, we talk about all the time because we've all been doing this for so long that, you know, younger anarchists come through here and are amazed at the relationships that we have with each other and the connections that we have. And, and they're just like, wow, how do you do that? And you're like, you, you chip away at it intentionally for mm-hmm. 20 years. Yeah. Like there's no, there is no yeah. other answer to that question. Yeah. It's not magical. It's not just a thing. You can't just go pluck it up and walk away with it. Mm-hmm. You decide you're going to do a thing and you just keep doing that thing. And the people who stay are the people who stay. And that's those are the relationships that you end up with. Who wrote this? Who's all concerned about having allies? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Chris Courtright? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bad sorry, mouth. Sorry, 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 sorry. Don't bad mouth my Chris. I told Chris. you I'm crossing people off my list. Don't bad mouth my Chris. <laughs> he was like, um, I'm <laughs> I, I I appreciate that that the writer is trying to pull out what is the the most relevant piece of what it is that Bellamy is saying, yeah. and then trying to further complicate that and tease it out to what's next. In the hope that there's something something interesting there, I just. Like basically, we're not the audience. On a practical level, I think I think about like my neighbors and the ones that I call on have very different uh, politics, if you want to term it that, mm-hmm. than I do. Um, yet they're not people who spend their life thinking about ideas and ideology or politics. Mm-hmm. People who are living their lives, and if I need help with something, they're the first to help me. Not people who are trying look try, looking for allies, so to speak. They're looking for people who have authenticity in their hearts. It's true, but you also have an easier go at that than many of us because you, from a, from the right lens, are a very settled, yeah. normalized person, well, right? You are... <laughs> You you ha- you come you are the perception of married with children, <laughs> right? But it's true. So then, so then, like like the like just the the quick look, the hot take is sure. makes your neighbors go, oh yeah, that's, that's you know that that nice that nice couple with the with the two. That's kids. not how they look at me. <laughs> I mean, no, because they've lived next to you yeah. and they know you. But but I, but my point is just like. But they would they do it. But they do it for who would. They would perceive as the freaks who live in the tiny house too, you know? and that and that is that could be quite possibly true, and that could be possibly true. Often, my point is just the the more boxes that you tick yeah. on the socialization normalization chart, the more likely doors get opened for you, as opposed to mm-hmm. you know those weird people over there in their forties who don't have any children and nev- and and just have. You know, don't. Well, actually, that's like, how we came. They're to not this, like. Us. That's how we came to the situation. Then we had kids just to fit in. <laughs> 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 because then we knew we'd have to buy a, mi- a minivan. It, it, it was all about camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, about camouflage. I, <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. Were you having children ironically? Did you think it worked that way? Strategically. <laughs> Strategically. <laughs> well, well, I want. I definitely. I'm motivated now to get to the the root about this current Bellamy <laughs> controversy. I, I feel like we entered into this conversation. And this uh, 
question was posed to us with, I'm very uninformed as to what's been well, going on. I'm on the road right now. I the core of it is that the other person who runs this blog or website that was mentioned in the in the question um, is a little too close to the nationalist anarchist line, uh-huh. yeah, and yeah. is posting Preston, is posting some tweets that are inappropriate or offensive. But because he and Bellamy share that either Twitter account or some kind of access or something, people are attributing that trait that strain of thought with Bellamy. Yeah, a typical Pavlovian behavior. He's he's having to carry, yeah, he's guilty by association Uh and having to carry the weight of that. And so then everything is compounding from there. I mean, if people That's just me watching other people talk about it though. Again, I also haven't read any of this or seen any of this. Um, and I'm not. Well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise so, me. This this phenomenon occurs like um, liberty thousands and, of times a day I mean, due to this technology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, dig, I mean, dig, yeah. dig deep, kids, and, yeah. and well, see what you can find out and report back. Well, I know, I know. Uh, uh, the the universe tried to take one of our allies in the physical form, and it did. But Aragorn is without a doubt on our side on this one. <laughs> We have your back <laughs> in the cosmic realm, Aragorn, and, and we will in Very this true. realm. We're prepared to carry on the struggle, Aragorn. We're prepared, prepared to carry on. And well, and on that note, thank you all very much for your participation. And and uh, ha- have a nice week, <laughs> Anarchy Land. This week's podcast was sound edited by Lynn O'Mabel. The What's New was written and read by Chisel and Greg. No editorial this week. We thank Ariel and a friend for their help with the topic of the week. To learn more anarchist and anti-political books, pamphlets, and other material will eventually be available at littleblackheart.com uh, for news by and or about anarchists. And up to the minute commentary, see you at anarchistnews.org and or the Anarchist News IRC chat.